Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. We want to welcome all our podcast listeners today. We thank you for listening and being a part of our church family online. We have a lot of people from all around the world who uh, listen every week, and so we welcome you this morning in Jesus' name. For a few minutes today, I want to speak to you around the code We are better together. Why don't you say, we are better together? together. And in particular, I want to speak for a few minutes about the theme of family moments. Family moments. Let's just look to our code firstly. We're just going to read this together as a declaration. On the count of three, why don't we read this together? One, two, three. We are better together. We believe in unity. We fight for unity. We passionately believe in each other. We believe in leadership. We are shield bearers. We believe the way the army wins is to support those who lead us. Our goal is to make our leader's job a joy and not a burden. Amen. Amen. In 2003... 2002, 2002, I was in year 12 at the time, and we had our once-in-a-lifetime family holiday. And this family holiday, my parents had saved up for many years, and we had some money come in as a family, and my parents, out of everywhere we could have went, decided to take us to Cairns. We went to Cairns with the idea of checking out the Great Barrier Reef. And we went out there, and the very week that we went there, and it was myself, my brother, Sam, my sister, Jessica, my mum and dad. I think Nat might have turned up at some point. That was a different holiday. Um, (laughs) That's a different story for a different time. So we went up to Cairns, and, and this is all a true story. I wouldn't make up a story. Basically, the week that we were there together was a record-breaking rain week. I'm not even exaggerating. It was so heavy, the rain, that it was flooding, and the Great Barrier Reef, which is actually off the coast a bit, uh, the tour operators shut down because there was mud that was getting out to the reef, making it not really you know, visible for people paying money to go see the reef. And so we're up in Cairns, and I think it was actually for two weeks in a little kind of uh, unit up there, all five of us, with the pouring rain. After a day of being together, it's okay. After two days, it's interesting. After three days, it's, I don't know what's going on. There's definitely some uh, tension going on. There was uh, family moments happening. And my parents tried to salvage this holiday, and by the way, we had spent thousands of dollars to go and do this once-in-a-lifetime family holiday, and we found, or my parents found, that there was a whitewater rafting company that was still working, obviously, in the rain. It wasn't a good idea, it was great in theory, but when there's record-setting rain, going out in rapids might not be the best idea. And I think the company knew it at the time because they were telling us some, uh, they looked pretty worried when we turned up. But anyway, we turned up together. And I'm just going to show you a photo of um, us on a, on, ha- having a nice time on this raft. Now the other photo. 
this one, this one here. This is us on the raft. I want you to pay special attention to A, Jessica's face. B, my brother's looking very interesting. If you don't know who my brother is, it's this guy here on the front, front left. And C, my dad has guns. And the roundest head you've ever seen. His head is so round, it's perfectly round. He had a helmet specially made. It was so round. We had this guy here who was a random, and he was the hairiest guy I've ever seen. That was me behind my brother, just I don't know what I'm doing there. That was one of our friends. That was a random American girl at the back. And that was the, right at the back top was our, uh, our guide, if you like. But you can just leave that. Actually, do you have the photo of the zoomed up? Oh, there you go. <laughs> so for those on the podcast, there's a photo of us rafting. And Jessica is having the best time of her life. Yesterday when I asked my parents for this photo to send it to us, my dad tried to call me and then he texted me and said, make sure you get permission off your sister to show the photo. She might get very upset. So, are you upset? No, she doesn't care. Anyway, we'll go back to the actual raft, us sitting in the raft together, um, just while I tell this kind of story. There you go. So, all different expressions. We're there going down... um, I've never been rafting before. Who here has been whitewater rafting? Okay, who here hasn't been whitewater rafting? Okay, so that little American girl at the back there, who we didn't know, know who she was, that, uh, that trip had done skydiving, bungee jumping and rafting, and she said by far the most terrifying day was this day. Um, the raft, the water coming down the raft, uh, sorry, the river, was actually a lot more than the two operators had thought would happen because of the extra rain. And it was actually a... Not a beginner's course. Me and my brother thought we were tough. So we actually uh, started by jumping out. This is a later photo. That's why Jessica looks so terrified. Um, but if you, if you go to the next photo, why not? They've seen it. Okay, so <coughs> those legs are my legs. <laughs> How good are the shoes they give you? They were not my shoes. They were the shoes they supplied. <laughs> and it's actually kind of sad why they give you those shoes. That this is how the tour operator started. He said, he said, last year someone went down the same rapids there and they, they had laces on and a lace got caught on a rock under the water and the guy ended up getting stuck and drowned. So they gave us those shoes, um, which you know, might save your life. Basically, this is the first actually actual drop. And me and my brother are there. We're thinking we're tough. There's all these other tour groups in there. There was one, one group, and it was all like, you know, 20-year-old girls all like, yeah, we're so excited because on a raft, everyone starts. Yeah, this is going to be so good. We're high-fiving. We're tough, you know. The first rapid hits. We go over. It's bigger than what we thought, and it chucks me and my brother clear out of the boat they knew what was going to happen, so they had a camera person waiting. <laughs> this is the two of the company. Now, what happened just here is that we came down a, down a waterfall. Family moments right now. I got chucked out. I went vertical. I hit my head on the bottom. I had a helmet on. 
I heard a crack in my neck. I didn't break my neck, thank goodness. And what happened was, is that when you wipe water off with bigger rapids, is the pressure of the water hitting the, hitting the, the river will actually create like a, a whirlpool and it will suck the raft back underneath the waterfall. So that tour guide is screaming, paddle, 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 because if we don't get ourselves out of the hole, they call it a hole, you can get stuck in there and the water comes and there's so much pressure from the waterfall that it just causes you to get stuck in this hole and that's how you drown. I got stuck out, I got, I got, got you know, chucked out. What happened next was I got sucked under the raft and in the hole, so we're stuck in a hole, I'm under the water, stuck under the raft, my head is just visible under the water. Jesse looks over the side and my head is stuck between the side of the raft under the water and a rock and it's just pinned there. She's there crying because her brother is dying. No one knows where I am apart from me and her and everyone's frantically trying to get us out of the hole. By the grace of God, and I'm not even exaggerating, I'm there thinking, I don't know what's going to happen now because people die doing this type of stuff. Last minute, the raft got out and I got pushed out and basically chucked down the rapids, got cut up and all the rest, but got breath and was okay. But this was the moment, this was the family moment, (laughs) where I was literally, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Honestly, I've skydived, I've done all these things because you're drowning under the water and there's no one who can help you. And then their tour guides are waiting with little ropes to chuck at you as you're getting smashed down these rapids. He can take the rope and we'll pull you in. Well, if you're going down big rapids, a little rope isn't going to do much. The, the raft that we saw, the other girl raft, who started off high-fiving and happy and, yeah, laughing, we came around a corner, and I'm not even exaggerating, it was one of the best sights I've ever seen. They're all laying over this rock, bawling their eyes out. All five of them just weeping because they had just been all chucked out and nearly died and just were in shock. Jessica, for the rest of the, or for the next like 10 minutes, is there weeping in the raft. My dad has, has never laughed so much in his whole life. <laughs> look at his face there. He's having the time of his life. Oh, that's that guy there. Actually, they look the same there. I don't know. Jessica got off halfway and we kept going and I sat humbly in the middle of the raft, just like, I don't want to die. But it was a family moment. And the thing is in life is that we actually have family moments. They can be good family moments, they can be bad family moments. And in your family, you'll have family moments. But if you've got your Bibles, just turn to John chapter 1, verse 12 with me for a second. When you've got it, why don't you tell me you've got it? Family moments. John chapter 1, verse 12. It says this, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave us the right to become children of God. He gave us the right to become children of God. Can I hear an amen? Why don't you turn to uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says this, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. 
The reason why the world does not know, know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Children of God, Ephesians, one more scripture for the moment. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, says this. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in which the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. <coughs> the first thing we have to know this morning is that we are God's family. We are together God's family. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a family that lasts forever. It's a family that isn't limited to your physical bodies today, but a family that you'll be with for the rest of your life. We could have had a disco together just then. <laughs> disco. <laughs> and I love the fact that we're God's family. I love the fact that together we are family. We're not just members. We're not just acquaintances. We're not even just friends. We're family. And who knows that family runs deep. Family is something that's so precious and so unique. And I love how God actually calls us into his family. You see, in the world, some families seem like they have it together. And some families don't seem to have it together. But I love the fact that God's family is a consistent that we can always run to. I love the fact that Celebration Church is an expression of God's family. How awesome is that? So let me share some thoughts around the fact that we are better together and we are family together. The first thing is this, is that family is God's idea. I don't know if you have any photos ready. We're going to show a few family photos today from our church. Oh, wow, wow. wow. How many years ago was that? What's that? Do you have a next, another one? I haven't seen this, by the way, so I don't know what's coming up. Oh, wow. Well, Benny hasn't changed. <laughs> uh, is there another one or not? Oh, wow. What the? What's going on there? Is that it? Or that's it? No, we can do more later. Oh, there you go. Whose family is that? Oh, there you go. That's the Webster's family. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see now. Yeah, right. Mark's changed a bit, though. He's a bit different. <laughs> oh. All right. So throughout today's, throughout today's sermon, we're going to show different Different family moments from our beautiful church family. Thank you for those who um, 
sent us in some of your family photos. But this morning, I want to encourage you around this, the thought that family is God's idea. Family is precious, and we must treat it as precious. Family is precious, and we therefore must treat it as precious. Today, I'm speaking about God's family. God's family is precious. We are better together. But we have to have the mentality of God's family. And it's tough because if we come from a background where our family has been very dysfunctional, then often we see God's family through the eyes of dysfunction. But we actually have to see God's family through the eyes of what God desires it to be, which is a family that's precious. Healthy family is the backbone to healthy society. Healthy family is the backbone to healthy society. Think about our society right now. You imagine if everybody came from a really healthy, functioning family. How healthy our kids would be, how healthy our teenagers would be, and how healthy our society would be. Therefore, family is so important. And we have to understand that healthy kingdom family is a living expression of revival. If you're a note taker here, and I encourage you to because it helps you remember things. Healthy kingdom family is actually an expression of what revival is. As a church family, when we're healthy in how we interact and how we do life together, it causes us to be an expression of God's heart and God's desire. But how many times do churches, they don't represent healthy kingdom family. They represent dysfunctional family. And so the world looks at the church and thinks, I don't want to be a part of that because you're just like my earthly family. You see, the church is called to be a healthy kingdom family. And so my heart as the senior pastor here in Charlotte, and my heart is that we will be a healthy kingdom family, being living expressions of revival on the earth. That's Twitter worthy right there. That's Facebook worthy right there. Because the enemy will always attack the family unit. And you will know this from experience. All the mums and dads and husbands and wives, and whether you're single or still married or never been married, you've got to understand something, is that family, if, he can, if the enemy can destroy family, it creates so much pain in people's hearts that it actually takes away from the focus, potentially, of what they're called to be and called to do. Broken family robs confidence so easily because we feel like we're failures. Therefore, we have to be a church family that says we will cover each other in love. We will be a family that is there for each other. And we will be a healthy kingdom family, understanding that we are better together and that we are expressions of revival. Is that okay this morning? I just pray the Holy Spirit just speaks to your heart. I'm not actually thinking of any situation in our church at all. I'm just thinking about our corporate hearts right now. The second thought is this, is that family moments are intentional. You know, family moments done right are intentional. You make time for family moments. You make time to actually create memories. That's why my parents said, let's take our kids to Cairns. We never got to the Barrier Reef. That trip, all we did was that rafting. That was it, but it's now created a memory. In my parents' house on their wall is the photo of us rafting and the photo of my legs in the air because whenever they see it, it reminds them of a great family moment. But we have to be intentional. Well, great for my dad, not so great for me. 
You have to ask Jessica how great it was for her. (laughs) But creating family moments together, you see, as a church, we have opportunity to create family moments. And again, let's just keep really just um, challenging our mindsets when it comes to kingdom family, yeah? Because we go straight back to our natural families, our physical families. That's our point of reference mostly. But you've got to understand something, that physical family moments last a lifetime, but kingdom family moments last an eternity. Physical family moments last a lifetime, but kingdom family moments last an eternity. I love the fact that we can recreate family moments in church that in a thousand years, Uncle Wayne and myself can still be reminiscing about. Do you remember that time in church, God done that? Do you remember that time on Easter Sunday when we had all those new baptisms? And the person who was baptised, who I didn't know too well, said, thank you for being there to create a family moment. And can I just say, as a church, if there's ever baptisms on, it is not your day. It is their day. But as a family, we have the mentality of, I will come out to celebrate somebody else's achievement. I'd never understood over the years when we had baptisms and half the church would show up. Or there'll be more unchurched people supporting the the Christian getting baptised than Christians. That is wrong. Because we've got to understand something. When someone gives their heart to Christ, they become part of God's family. And it's actually our responsibility to help create family moments with them. Water baptism is one of the most powerful moments in a new Christian's life. We should never be the Christian that stays home because I'm more comfortable at home. Oh, I don't know them very well, so I'm not going to come out. Selfish. Wrong. Not kingdom. Kingdom is this. Whenever someone gives their heart to Christ, whether I know them or not, they are now my family. It is a different ball game. On that Easter Sunday, church, can I ask you, make sure you change your plans to be here for baptisms. Even if you don't know the person being baptised, be a part of their family experience. Why? Because family is so important. Kingdom family create moments and memories. Last Sunday after church, down here we're having an altar call, and one of our young guys um, had something wrong with their body physically, and we had one, one of our newer Christians and one of our older Christians pray for him, and he felt like God healed him, and he's running around the building because now he feels like his leg is now healed, and God's done a miracle. And then they come, and they, as a group, come and tell me and Charlotte, there's a whole bunch of us here celebrating the miracle. What had just happened, a miracle broke out, a family moment was created, and then we celebrated together. If I just took off after church, boom, in the car, see you later, I've done my job, see you. I've got to get home for the 12 o'clock news report or whatever the heck's on. (laughs) You would have missed the family moment. Don't miss family moments. And listen, if you grew up and your parent wasn't there for your family moment, you know the pain. So let's not be that spiritually for people. Let's be there for family moments. You're just hearing my pastoral heart today. But I am passionate about including people into our family. I'm, I'm passionate about this. We're not a church for me. I'm not, we are not a babysitter's club for Christians. I reject that thought. That's not our church. So physical moments last, physical family moments last a lifetime, which are powerful and still great. 
the kingdom family moments last in eternity. So as a church, let's celebrate family moments. <laughs> now you break this down with just your physical family. When you got that award at school, I don't know if you had this, but I remember I had it over the years, and we had a, 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 an annual Thanksgiving night at, at our school, and for years, I would never get chosen to get an award. It was quite demoralising. Probably built a bit of character, though. <laughs> it got a bit awkward some years when like, most of the class was on the stage getting a, an award, and I'm just sitting there with the two other rebels in class. I wasn't a rebel. I don't know why I'm with them for, but I'm stuck there. But then my year came. I got an award, and there was always two. There was like normal awards, like, hey, this person gets this award. But then there was two that actually got a gift voucher award to the Dimmicks or somewhere for like 20 bucks. I tell you what, my year came. And my parents knew it. And on the fridge was my award. In my brother's case, the one year he got an award, the one year, it was like a party in our, church, in our house. It was like, Sam got an award, yes! We're going out to, oh, you can eat buffet. Come on, let's celebrate, Sam. <laughs> oh, I love my brother. He would tell you it's true, though. You see, we create these moments of celebration which actually create family moments. How good are we as a church family in celebrating each other's achievements? How, how good are we at being intentional about saying, you know, that's so great that God done that in your life. Yeah. Are we good at sharing testimony? Are we good at, in connect group, make time every week to actually celebrate what God's doing? Yeah. Because when you take that moment of celebration, you create a family moment. Yeah. Remember, church, that what you celebrate, you attract. Oh, this is deeper than what you realise. In your physical family, by the way, what you celebrate at home, you'll attract. And in our church family, what you celebrate, you'll attract. And you can, you can celebrate bad things. You can celebrate drama. You can celebrate gossip. We don't say it like that. We just do it. Or we can celebrate what God's doing. We can celebrate the fact that people are awesome and that they've got a call in God. You know, that takes away the critical spirit that can often creep in. Let's be a church that celebrates God moments. Easter weekend, let's celebrate God moments. When we have those people get baptised, I encourage you, and I'm speaking to all of our church family right now, make sure you're here early that day. Meet their family who are unchurched or come out to support them. But let's support them better than their unchurched families too. Because we're a spiritual family. It's powerful. Get a seat down the front. Be the biggest cheerleader. Bring some pom-poms. I don't care. Let's celebrate people on... Baptism Sunday. The third thing is this. I want to speak about... Actually, let's show some more photos. Do we have more photos, Dave? Just give me the how many you got like, on your fingers. And, oh, yeah. Whoa, more Webster. Hello. Look at that six-pack. My goodness. What else we got? Oh. That is a Pultons, if you can't tell. And uh, look at that beard. My goodness. That's great. That's a nice photo. Thanks, guys. Oh, more? 
Oh, hello. Oh, so good. We love Beck Gallagher. That's, that's incredible. That's a good photo. All right, we'll do some more later. How many more do we have? A few more? Yeah, okay, cool. The third thing is this this morning. You know there's a difference between family and guests. You know, Kingdom Family loves hosting guests. Kingdom Family loves hosting guests. If you're new here, you're our guest today. We genuinely love hosting you. It's actually becoming a passion of our church to host new people and look after them. Whether we're with you for one Sunday, or you're with us for one Sunday, or whether you're with us forever, we just want to make sure that we celebrate you and what God has in your life. The thing is about guests and family, the difference is this, is that visitors are served, but family serves. So if I invite you over to my house for a dinner party... And you come into my front door and I sit down and expect you to serve me in my house, who knows it's going to be an awkward moment? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, come along, it's so great you can make it. You sit there. I just look at you waiting. Where's my food? I'm a bit thirsty. Where is my drink? Um, have you ever heard of ice? it's just awkward but the thing is this in church family because we should never expect our guests to serve us but when you have a family mentality then you understand that your job is to serve guests why is it that I go on and on about servanthood because A it makes you great in God biblically it actually promotes you to greatness and B it's just what God's called us to do. If you come along to church, and this is your family, remember we have four levels in church. We have attend, we have connect, we have serve, we have lead. You can be here for 20 years and still be attending. Hey, well, in some ways, you're still a guest. Family serves. Even if it's something small, like you might not be able to serve on a Sunday, but come out and do some gardening. I know someone in the church, they, they continually come out through the week and they make meals for those in need. No one has ever asked them to do that. They turn up and they say, put these in the freezer. If anyone's in need, that's here. And we, and we give them away to people in need. We find ways to serve. Or you can be on a roster. We definitely need helpers across our church. Kids, cafe, host, there's definitely always a need. It could be a connect group, serve. Let's just take away the it's so hard to serve type mentality. It's easy. Because family serves. The question I have for you today is, if you're part of our family, how can you serve? Now, can I just say this? It's also possible to serve too much as a family. So make sure you have boundaries on. If you're on every Sunday serving, it's okay to have a Sunday off once a month or twice a month. It's okay to have some restrictions and sit in the service and say, I just want to receive today. But that is your responsibility as well. So family versus guests. Let's be a church that is a family that knows how to serve our guests. I'm pretty relaxed with this now, aren't I? But I just fully believe it. I love serving though. I just love being there to help other people. It's actually a highlight of my life. And there's actually studies now, psychologically, that if you actually volunteer, it helps you actually with your mental health. Because you actually are living for something bigger than yourself. Let's be that church. 
Let's be people who serve. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you want to be great, you must be a servant of all. He didn't come to be served, but to serve, and he's the king of kings, so we should follow his lead. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As each has received a gift, used it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Use your gift, church, to serve one another. The fourth thing is this, I love this point, is that family can be awkward and that's okay. (laughs) Church family can be awkward and that's okay too. We are not all perfectly looking people with perfect relationships doing perfect things all the time. There's different dynamics, different people, different themes. We've got a few photos. I don't know if we've got them. Um, these, are, these aren't our church family, I don't think. Awkward family photos. Here is an awkward moment, especially if that branch collapses. An awkward family moment. An awkward family moment. Is that me and Charlotte Fears? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Oh, thanks, guys. Awkward family moments. I remember in our family, you've probably heard this story. I'll tell it again. It's worth telling. That we would have an annual Christmas gathering every year. And one year, up in Sydney, and this is all our extended cousins and stuff, one year we turned up and one of our cousins had picked up a random, okay, not being racist, we, but we don't have any Asians in our family yet. I would love some Asians in our family. But we had at our family gathering a random old Asian man. <laughs> Literally, at our dinner table was a random old Asian man. And he couldn't speak any English. I don't even know if the cousin who picked him up from the bus station, by the way, literally, and brought him to lunch if this old Asian man even knew what was happening. (laughs) And he sat there politely for three hours, and then they went and dropped him off at the bus station afterwards. (laughs) It was an awkward family moment. (laughs) Anyone else have stories like that? Like just random, especially Christmas time. Christmas family gatherings, there's always an awkward moment that happens. If you actually think about that story, it's really, really crazy. That's just ridiculous. The thing is about family is that we can be awkward sometimes, and there is often challenges, and there's grace for that. Kingdom family learn to deal with conflict without walking away. Kingdom family learn to deal with conflict without walking away. You see, a guest can come into church, and a guest can be here for 10 years, and they're still a guest. They never give. They never serve. They don't get discipled. They don't disciple anybody. They're normally a critic. And they leave because someone offends them. Just like they left the last two churches. And it's one of those things where it's like, we have to create Christians that are bigger than this. Because family actually understands that when offenses occur, we deal with them. Think about your earthly family. How many times, actually that's a dumb question because there's more times than we can probably count, has there been offences that have happened inside your family? 
you imagine if there was an offense that you had with your brother or sister, like physically, and then they never spoke to you again and left the house and never came back because there was an offense that you didn't even know what the offense was. Well, as a church family, this happens all the time. I'm not just talking about our church, I'm talking about churches. Oh, the pastor said this and I didn't agree with it. Did you tell them? Let's look at a scripture together. Matthew 18. Matthew 18 verse 15 says this. This is gonna ch- this is, I'm speaking to the soul of our church right now, so please hear this. This is a game changer. Can I hear an amen? This is scripture right now. If your verse 15, Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault and between you and him alone. Okay, if there is conflict, what do we do, church? If someone offends you, what do you do? You don't talk to your neighbor. You don't call your friend. You don't go to the prayer group and say, I'm concerned about this. Can we pray for this brother? No, you go to them directly, alone, and you talk about why you have offense. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother, family unity. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Okay, so you can go speak to someone else and get them to come with you if there is a genuine offense after you've gone to them alone. Game changer, game changer, game changer. Too many Christians left churches without ever doing number one. And guess what? They are then at fault. If he refuses to listen to them, third step, tell to the church, this is when you get a leader involved. Third step, not first, not second, but third. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be as a Gentile and a tax collector, which means just let him go. Let him go. Just, it's not your, just let him go. You've done your bit. You've tried to be God. It's Christ in that situation. Let it go. You see, gossip acts like a terminal illness eating away at what is unseen. Gossip acts like a terminal illness eating away at what is unseen. Oh, this will change our church culture. I tell you what, this will be a healthy church if we get this. Let's be people... Let's be a family who speak to each other and not about each other. Can I hear an amen? Let's be a church that speaks to each other and not about each other. And let's cut out all the Christian rubbish that says, oh, but I'm just concerned about this brother. Can I ask your opinion? I'm just concerned about this sister. Let's pray for them, but let me tell you all the details first. There's no safety in that. There's no kingdom in that. There's no Christ in that. You see, the Bible says that love covers sin. Love covers offense. And if you're here today and you've been someone you know that you've spread gossip, we've all done it from time to time. I've done it from time to time. I repent and I try my best to speak to the person, not about the person. By doing so, church, what you do is this. You create a healthy environment. Please get this with me. This is my heart. It's so deep. I have been in church for 34 years now. I have seen Christians who can prophesy, who can speak in tongues, who can declare the mysteries of God. You don't know how to keep their mouth shut when it comes to protecting each other. And it destroys church, it destroys pastors, it destroys leaders, it destroys what God's trying to do because we don't understand that family protects each other. 
listen, we have each other's backs. I have your back, have mine. When the person in the cafe is whinging about the preacher, oh, they said this, say, did you speak to the preacher? No, then shut your mouth. I actually, I encourage you to be like that. It's okay for you to be mean to be kind. Literally, do it. Why? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. If we learn to handle conflict well as a family, our families would be healthy. You see, we have to understand that God has called us to be a church that guards each other's hearts. But let's just take off our right self-righteous hats. Your brother and sister will let you down. Let's just be honest for a second. Your pastor will let you down. Your brother and sister will let you down. That new person who swore during prayer meeting will let you down. It's okay. Jesus hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with the tax collectors. Who? What are they? What are they? they were the thieves of that time. He hung out with the adulterers. He hung out with those who were rejected, the lepers. He hung out with those who no one, they weren't the Christians, speak the right lingo, have the right thought, have everything put together. He hung out with the most downtrodden, which we love in our hearts. Yes, Jesus, yes. But then someone in church offends us. And we are so offended that I can't believe they did that. Oh, my heart is broken. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they're just human like you. Speak to your brother. Love them, restore them, be there for them. Let's never, ever, ever be a church that enables gossip. And let me just say this. If you're someone who hears gossip, that is just as much a, a, a bad thing on you as it is on the person speaking. Because for some reason, a gossip feels safe to share gossip with you. You know what? You know what I've established in my life? I never hear gossip anymore. Because if you tell me gossip, I say, be quiet. I'm not your standing board for why you have an issue with our church. I'm not your standing board for why you have an issue with your brother. I'm not, you go speak to your brother. I will not inadvertently empower gossip by being a sounding board. Ooh. Listen, you think you're being a safe place by enabling people to speak to you and be real, but you actually are becoming an unsafe place because when people hear that you're someone who listens to gossip, they can no longer speak to you. If you want to be a safe place, stop gossip at its track. We actually heard a medical podcast this week. Charlotte and I listened to podcasts. We love podcasts. And it was a medical podcast about modern, what was it? It was like um, medical history. So when they first brought in surgeries in the 1900s, and they would have to cut your leg off with no anesthesia, anesthetic, the tools they used... And they would pin you down and they would actually do open surgery on you without any pain relief. It was so bizarre. Anyone else like that? Like you find that stuff interesting? Are we just weird like that? Anyway, we found it interesting. It was great. It was so good. And the whole debate of people who would wash their hands, surgeons who would wash their hands, and then uh, Dr. Lister, who Listerine's named after, was the first doctor who actually said, we need to stop um, germs, we need to wash and, and look after our hands and our tools. You know that they used to have butchers and they would get them from the butcher shop with blood on their shirt from the animal to come in and do the same operations on people because they were so good with their knives. How interesting is that? 
and they would have an open theatre. You could come and watch and get tickets. This is, this is like recent. This is like the last 100 years, 150 years. But what we learned from it was this, is that when someone was giving birth, that there would be a lady, a nurse there, and, and her job was to what? It was to go around after a birth was... Because there was only women allowed in the room, no men. And as she was given birth, giving birth, she would give birth, and there was one lady, and her job was one thing. It was to go around the town and spread the good news of the birth. And she was known as the gossip. That was her name. It was originated from that, and therefore gossip was actually a joyful thing. We've turned it into an evil thing. How interesting is that? I found it interesting. All right, I've just got to, I've got to round this out. You know that a family is worth fighting for? A family is only as, only as strong as its unity. Oh, that's a good one. Let that drop in your spirit. A family is only as strong as its unity. Psalm 133 says this in verse 1. How blessed it is for when brothers live together in unity. Like precious oil poured on the head running down to the beard. The beard of Aaron running down to the edge of his garment. It's like Jew and Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. This represents the anointing. Who wants to see more of God's anointing in our services? This is how you do it, church. When there is unity in the church, the anointing flows. When there is unity in God's family, the anointing flows. To be unified, though, we must understand our spiritual covering. To be unified, we must understand our spiritual covering. It says this in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as, as those who must give an account. Do this so that you may, their job may be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Um, every church needs a mama and papa. That's the word I'm going to use. Every church needs that spiritual covering. For years it was Pastor James and Annie here. Now it's Pastor Charlie and myself. We are the spiritual mama and papa of this house. When we acknowledge that in our spirits and recognize that, there is actually a unity that flows from that. Hebrews 13, 17, have confidence in your leaders, submit to their authority, for they must give an account for you. Charlotte and I, we, you hear me preach things. It's so, it, could, it could be so easy for me to preach a message that I just know is going to tickle your ears. <laughs> Stuff that you're just going to, just no challenge. It's just so easy. But then I'm not encouraging you to be strong in God. Maturity comes from being challenged. But you've got to understand, I actually don't preach to you for your response. I preach to you the way I do because I must give an account to God. That is my accountability because I have to give an account for you. You know that we can only receive from that in which we honour. Oh, there's so much in this. We can only receive from that in which we honour. I'm going to speak to one of the mums and dads here who have had teenage kids. Who, who here has had a teenage kid in their house? Put your hand. Okay, I'm going to speak to you. Okay, I haven't been that yet, but I was a youth pastor for 11 years, and I spent lots of time with parents struggling with their teenage kids. 
you know what happens with a teenage kid sometimes is they cause issue often or can cause issue when they actually forget that they're a kid or a child in the house and think that they're now the parent. Yeah? In the journey of them trying to work out who they are as adults or becoming adults, they take on the role of the mum and dad. So you have these arguments of, I know better than you, mum. I know better than you, dad. And it's because they're actually trying to work out what is it they believe. But what does it do in the situation? It creates huge conflict. Because you're still graced to be the mum and dad of the house to your 14-year-old, but they think that they think that they know better now. Can I hear an amen from some of the parents? <laughs> and it's not necessarily because that kid has been evil. It's just because they're trying to work out who they are. But what's happened is they have now they start to actually be the mum and dad in their heads. It creates conflict because you're still the mum and dad. To a 14-year-old, you're still their parent. You know, in church life, that's what happens too. We have our spiritual mums and dads. We have our senior pastors. But then we sometimes are trying to find our way. And then we start to go, actually, I don't respect and honour what they say because I'm just like them. They just, that's benign. Here's my mate. Here's my friend. That's it. They forget that there's actually a spiritual anointing on us. There's actually a grace on us to lead the church. There's actually a grace on us to cover you spiritually. It's a very deep, it's a very heavy thing for us to carry. Why do church splits happen, church? Part of it is someone goes, oh, I can be the senior pastor, takes half the church, gossips, and goes down the road. Well, what they've done is they're the teenager who went, I know better. And then all the other little teenagers go, oh, yeah, that sounds good, let's get down the road. Never ends well. But it's actually a lack of acknowledgement of spiritual authority. We can only receive from what we honour. I've got to round this out. Please give me a little bit of grace today because this is gold. I only have 40 minutes of the all week, so just give me grace. The thing is this, church, is that the minute you lose honour in your heart is the minute you stop receiving. The minute your child stops honouring you at home, they stop receiving from you when it comes to openness. When they're five years old, they go, teach me everything, mum and dad. When they're 14, sometimes they go, I don't want to learn anything from you. And what happens is, it's because they actually have lost some honour in their heart towards a parent, and the parent there can't speak in as easily. The minute that you lose honour in your heart towards the spiritual mum and dad of the house, you will no longer receive anything on our life. The minute I offend you and you don't let go of it, is the minute you stop receiving the spiritual blessing that flows through my life. Therefore, you must guard honour. Oh, this is bigger, this is bigger, this is bigger. This has set our church free. This has set all our churches free. If people would understand that the preacher isn't just some guy like you up on the stage because someone's voted them in. It's actually a spiritual delegation, a spiritual grace, and a spiritual anointing. And by the way, I have to be courageous to preach this. And I don't preach this with a big head. I preach it with a humble heart. That we can't lose honour. And a church family who understands their covering is a healthy church family. We can only receive from that in which we honour. Our level of receiving is directly tied with our level of honour. How much you receive today will be directly tied with how much honour you have. Why is it that sometimes we have guest speakers come in and the preacher can preach for six months about a subject, the guest speaker speaks once about it and everyone goes, Phew! 
oh my goodness, God spoke to me today. And you think, I've been preaching that for months. It's because some familiarity has crept in. It's because we've seen that our pastors can be human. Newsflash, Charlie and I will let you down sometimes. We will make mistakes on the pulpit and off the pulpit. But a family says, Mum and Dad, you can make mistakes. We still love you. We're still part of the family. Yeah? We have to have a family mentality. A family mentality sticks together. The last thought is this. Let's be passionately inclusive as a family. We exist so others may find life. Passionately exclusive. Uh, sorry, inclusive. I've done that twice today. In the prayer meeting before, I talked about discouraging people, but I'm going to encourage. Go ahead and discourage someone today. Oh, no, I'm going to encourage. Passionately inclusive. <laughs> Let's be an arms wide open church. Charlie, go up, jump up here. If she comes into our church and she's a new person, and I just, she walks in, well, just walk towards me like you're a new person. Troy, jump up here for a second. Troy is just our, our, our I'm going to finish with this. Just walk towards me. Hey, Troy, how you going, bro? Stand here, come on. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, you can, yep. Oh, that's a bit, yep. Hey, Troy, how you doing, man? How's your week been? Yeah, that's awesome. Fantastic. So, yeah, what's, what else has been going on? How's the gym going? It's all right. Yeah? yeah? Oh, that's good. Yeah, good. I'm still shaking your hand a long time, though, but <laughs> I just... The new person is like, hello. And you know what God says? God says, you've prayed for years that I would send people in. I sent you someone today and you were too busy trying to catch up with your friend who you sit with every week in the cafe when there was a new person who's never been in church family who never gets included. Hey, sit with your friends in the cafe but have an extra chair. Let's be passionately inclusive. So instead I say, hey Troy, how are you going? You doing well? You doing well? Oh, hey, how are you going? What's your name? You're really pretty. Oh, hey. <laughs> we become an open church. <laughs> That's okay. So I meet her, I say, hey, guy, what's your, what's your name? Charlie. This is Troy, this is Charlie. Hey. All of a sudden, we become an inclusive church. I think to myself in the back of my head, this is how simple it is for me. I think, Troy and I can catch up later. I want to include this person. And as an introverted person by nature, I know what it's like to walk in and be completely awkward all the time. I need someone to arms wide open me. Just like that horrible song, arms wide open. <laughs> you guys can sit down. Actually, Charlotte, you can stay up. <laughs> Last scripture is this, Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Romans 15, 7 says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. 
Are there any more photos, Dave, or is that it? Let's just quickly chuck them up. Some more family moments before we finish. Whoa, who's that? Oh, it's you guys. Hey, that's a nice photo. Oh, there's the mice, Mises. Oh, wow. Hello. Hello. Way. <laughs> wow. That's great. Oh, that's the thought. Look at that moustache, Alan. Woo. Look at that short shorts. Who's, who's, yeah, wow. Is that it? Awesome. Who's that last one, sorry? Is that Bonnie's family? Oh, that's nice. That's good. A church that creates family moments. Why don't we all stand to our feet together? You know, every time, every time you express God's love, you are creating a family moment. Every time in church that you encourage someone, you're creating a family moment. Every time you're generous, you're creating a family moment. How amazing is that? Every time you turn up, imagine if you never turn up to church. No family moments in church, hey? Every time you turn up, you create a family moment. Let's be intentional about bringing heaven to earth. And every time heaven invades earth, a kingdom family moment happens. It's powerful, it's God, it's amazing. And I just encourage us, let's be intentional about this. Let's be a family together. Let's be people who are passionate together about guarding each other and loving each other and being there and handling conflict well. Let's be a church that does that. Because guess what? There's going to be some conflict sometimes. It's all good. Every family has it. But together, if we're mature, then we can still stay family. Why don't you close your eyes as we finish? Just for a couple of minutes, as everyone has their eyes closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to this thing called God's family. And you become God's family when you actually give your heart to Christ and you ask Him to forgive you of your sin and to be your Lord and Saviour. What happens is, is that you actually encourage that you actually become somebody who becomes part of God's family. And so as everyone has their eyes closed, and I'd ask you to close your eyes just for privacy of the person next to you, that if you're here and you're thinking, you know what, I know that I'm not a part of God's family. Or maybe you used to be and you've walked away. You've never given your heart to Christ. and You think, I need to make Him my Lord and Saviour. I want to be a part of God's family. I just encourage you in this place to put your hand up where you are and just say, yeah, that's me this morning. That's me this morning. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. I want to make sure I'm in God's family this morning, in this place. And if you're a Christian here, make sure you're praying right now. This is Spiritual Warfare 101. Anybody in this place, you want to say, I want to make sure that I'm in God's family this morning. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let's pray this prayer of commitment together. And let's actually support those in this place who are praying this from their heart for the first time or as a recommitment. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And today, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come into my heart, come into my life, and be my Lord and Saviour. And Holy Spirit, please help me. Forgive me of my sin. And help me to live for Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise. Thank you, God. Awesome. Well, as a church family, one moment we always try and create together is sending you out in the blessing of God, in the covering of God, and we call it just a commissioning every service. So why don't you just put the hand, your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. If you're married, um, hold your partner's hand as a sign of unity. And let's just, let's just commit this week to God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you so much for our incredible church family, God. And right now we just send them out with your presence, God, with your peace. Father, that you would just lead and direct their path this week, God. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, for those family moments to be created, God. And I pray as well, God, that you would send people along our path that need to be in your family, that you would give us divine appointments with people, maybe even in our own family or friends or workmates, God, that we can invite to come along to be part of your family. But right now we send out and we bless every single person in this place, God, with your presence and with your goodness, God. We just pray that they will be uplifted this week and encouraged. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hey, awesome. Awesome. We're going to finish there. If you need prayer support, please come down the front. Our prayer team will spend time with you. Be blessed. Go create some family moments over lunch. And we'll see you guys next week in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.